Hello, good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to You Are My Borough, myself, Dom Shaw, and Scott Wilson, both from the Northern Echo, and we're reflecting on the transfer window, because this is our first vid. Thanks for joining us on our lives on deadline day. If you did jump on there, we appreciate that, and thank you for the questions, but this is our first vid since deadline day, but obviously there's only one place to start, and that is the Tees, We Are Derby from the Riverside on Sunday, which finished 1-1. Um, a strange old game. In many senses, Scott, really, I thought. Yeah, uh, I thought it was a pretty good game, in fairness. Um, I think I think my main takeaway is that it, it, um, it probably confirmed where both teams are at at the minute. And, and for me, they're in very similar positions, which is they are both top-end, top-half championship teams with a chance of getting in the playoffs, defensively pretty good, a uh, smattering of some real talent within both squads. But I think you can probably toss every forward player into a hat from Sunderland and Borough, pick a couple out, and you don't, don't really have a natural number nine goal scorer. And that, for me, was the kind of key takeaway on both sides of it, really. If either of those sides had a proven championship striker who was near enough nailed on to get you 20 goals a season. I think they've been nailed on to be in the playoffs, either of them. But I think both teams don't have that. And so they're having to play in slightly different ways. They're missing chances. I mean, we saw it on both sides, didn't we? The one where Greenwood uh, Greenwood goes through and then Azaz puts it over the bar for, for, for Borough. One of them's got to score that. Neither of them really looked like they were going to score. Sunderland go up the other end in the first half. Abdullah Bar, what is he, three yards out, shoot straights at Rav Vandenberg. He has to score that. And that was kind of the story all the way through, really. I didn't, I thought Greenwood was kind of lively for Borough. He put a real shift in. He tried to pull into positions, but he was running offside a lot. He never really got into a position where he looked like he was going to score. Mason burst at the other end, but Sunderland barely touched the ball in the in the time he was on the pitch. Rusin doesn't score if, if Tom Glover makes what should be a fairly routine save. And then Josh Coburn comes on with Borough and probably offers a bit more of a focal point, but still doesn't really look much of a threat. Um, so you've gone very Blair Witch. It's yeah. exciting. You've got into, you've into darkness, anyone who's watching on YouTube. I'm in one of these rooms where you've got to keep moving. Um, so oh, there we go. Yeah, what you're going to see is every few minutes, me randomly getting up and wandering around. Um it just keeps it just keeps the viewers attentive. This, this isn't the West Wing of uh, Shaw Towers, is it? <laughs> oh, I wish it was. I wish it was. I'll find you. Um, um, yeah, so that 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 was really my key reflection on it. That it's two teams crying out for a, for a natural goal score, and sadly now with the window closed, both of them are really going to have to continue to to kind of make do with what they've got till the end of the season. I get with guess with the caveat with Borough that hopefully at some stage Latalath will come back and maybe is more of that natural goal scorer that, that they're lacking at the minute. Yeah, there are various strands there. Um, I think first things first on Latalath, this is the first time we've spoken since uh, Michael Carrick's press conference on Friday when he, he said then that he said in two separate answers. First of all, he, he said Latilath is, is weeks. It, 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 it'll be weeks until he's back rather than days. But then in a separate answer, he did say he's not a million miles away. What he made clear is, it, you know, Latilath isn't out for the season. Latilath isn't going to yeah. miss the bulk of the rest of the season. Like there's a risk Alex Bangura might. Um, 
But but I think on that, Josh Coburn has started once since the middle of November. I think once since the Leicester game at home. Um, he's clearly he's clearly not fit enough to be playing games, is he? Or starting games because if he was, surely he would be. Yeah, and we discussed this yesterday. It's difficult because we're not clearly we're not medical professionals. We don't know the ins and outs of what Josh Coburn's exactly got. But there's clearly a long-standing issue there. Something muscular. Um, it's clearly impacting on him. At some stage, this you know you would imagine there's going to have to be a long-term solution to this, and and that will either be a period of complete rest, or you would imagine more probably at some stage some surgery. And you just wonder if if we're getting to the stage where it's it's either going to be better off if having the op now, or maybe in hindsight he should have had the op right from the word go. Because whatever Borough are trying to do in terms of managing Coburn's minutes, it's not really working because he clearly can't start games at the minute. Um, he's coming on for little snatches here and there, but it's very hard for him to get up any rhythm or make any kind of impact when he's doing that. We don't know how much training he's able to do, but given how, how limited his game time has been, you'd think it was a pretty safe guess that he's probably not training at full tilt either. So, you know, are we getting to the stage where it's better off just, just writing it off as a, as a, as a kind of bad loss and, and, and putting him in for the long-term solution that we need here? Maybe, maybe, and this is, you know, maybe this is something that to kind of drill down with Michael Carrick on, maybe they're waiting until Latalath is back and then once Latalath's back and the noise available, maybe they'll take Corbin out the firing line now. But I, I think you're right. It doesn't. Whatever, whatever they're trying to do with Josh Corbin at the minute, it doesn't really feel like it's working that well for anyone, does it? I think coming off the back of a 10, 10 11 day break, um, you, you, I asked Michael Carrick on Friday, has, has this break done as done Josh Coburn good in the hope that maybe Burroughs players had a, a bit of time off after the Chelsea game and, and then um, and then obviously came back and started training, building up to the Sunderland game, but he still clearly wasn't deemed ready. I, I feel sorry for Coburn because what what an opportunity this season could and would have been yeah. for him. Had, uh, he had the knee injury in the summer that, that um, at one stage looked likely to prevent him from being able to get a chance to, to stake a claim and stick around at Borough. Obviously, that changed. But then he was just finding that run of form, wasn't he? He was just, obviously, he'd scored, he'd had scored a couple of goals at Plymouth. He just seemed to be really finding his feet as a as a starting championship striker when this issue really hit. And, yeah, the last few months has been stop-start for him. The, 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 the subject of a striker inevitably leads us to Marcus Force. Um and, and there's a growing call to play Marcus Force through the middle. If that was going to happen, would it have happened by now? Because in recent weeks, since Force has returned, and he's only played three league games, but since Force has returned, Carrick has played Morgan Rogers up front and now Sam Greenwood. This is with Latte Lath and Coburn both clearly unable to start. Is If Force was going to lead the line through the middle, would, would we have seen that by now? Will Carrick say, well, why am I going to play him through the middle? He scored three and three. Well, three and two and a half hours since coming back in, in this position off the right. What, what are your thoughts on this This force? Yeah, that, that's probably a valid point in fairness. I mean, I think you can throw last season into this as well. There were times last season where Marcus Force could have played through the middle when, when Borough were looking for options there. And it didn't happen then either. So, you know, the only... The, the, the clear takeaway from this at the moment is that Michael Carrick 
doesn't want to play Marcus Force through the middle. Now, that's either because he doesn't think that that's his best position and he thinks that the make-do and mend that we've got at the minute with Greenwood playing through there or Rodgers when Rodgers was here is better. Or it's because, like you say, he thinks that actually he's getting much more out of him playing him where he is now. Probably a combination of both, but the more you watch it, he's the most... He's the most clinical finisher in this Borough squad, isn't he? He's a brilliant finisher. Taking aside, uh, to be fair, from what we've seen, and it's admittedly fairly limited evidence, probably you can include Latalath in that as well, because Latalath has missed chances, hasn't he, when he's been playing. So I think he's the best finisher in the squad. So, you know, I think there is an argument there. Well, you want him where he's most likely to be able to get those opportunities. Now, like you say, the counter argument of that is well, he is getting those opportunities. It's not like he's he's bereft of goal scoring chances. He's scoring goals, but at a time when Borough are crying out for someone, I I guess it's been a long time since we've seen Force play through the middle, and even then, it was only a handful of games when he first came. So, I guess what we don't know is what's he like with his back to goal. What's he like up against a physical centre half? Can he can he link play? What's his runs into the channel like when he's playing as a number nine? We don't really know that. But what we do know is that if a chance drops to him in the 18-yard box, he's probably the likeliest to put it away of any of the Borough players. So if if Coburn and Latalath weren't available for the next game at home to Bristol City, then I would be very seriously considering playing force up front, I think. What's interesting, I think, is is the obvious question really is yesterday or Bristol City, if Force plays up front, who who then plays on the right? What what we haven't seen yet is, and because we don't know the extent of Isaiah Jones' injury, we don't know when we will see this. But you've got Riley McGree back now. Um yeah. so even without Coburn and Latte Lath, you've suddenly got McGree, Greenwood, Azaz, Force. And potentially Jones. So, so when yeah. Jones, when Jones was back, say you're going to play McGree on the left. Say you're going to then play Greenwood or Azaz as the ten. Does does he leave? Does he play Greenwood up front and Azaz as the ten? And Jones or Force on the right? At, at the minute, given 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 the struggle for goals, especially at home, I can't see Michael Carrick leaving either Jones or Force out. So, so. When they're both fit, that is when yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what he does with Force. Yesterday, if 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 Force plays up front, there's no obvious answer. There's there, no yeah. obvious on the yeah. right, is there? Um, and we don't know when Jones again last week. He said Jones is a bit away yet, so no idea yet as to when he comes back. I suppose Silvera, but Silvera's played more of his football off the left, and, and he still feels like Silvera is more of an impact player from the bench. Yeah, well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because really, the four players you mentioned there, McGree, Silvera, from the, what we've seen of Azaz and Greenwood, they're all probably more coming in off the left than playing as wingers on the right, aren't they? Yeah, You've yeah. got an awful lot of options, probably for the left-hand side. And like you say, not so much on the right. Now, that's not really an issue when Jones is fit because he ties up that spot, all things being equal. And then, yeah, like you say, it's easier then to move force inside. So that that probably is a fair point, that at the moment moving force to that position is, is probably slightly more difficult. Um, although I guess, you you know, you could you could play a McGree or a Greenwood on the right, um, even though it's, you know, they've played most of their football on the opposite flank. You know, we've seen inverted wingers plenty of times. So, um but yeah, 
once Jones is back, that then becomes very, very interesting because Jones and Force are, are battling for one position unless you move one of them. And, and clearly the one you would move would be Force. And I think Hackney looks more comfortable playing playing as a, in a midfield two than further forward as, as one of the three. Yes, completely agree. He, he looked very good, didn't he, in, in the first game against Chelsea, Chelsea. playing in that position. Um, but I think since then... And admittedly, you probably have to strike off the Chelsea away game because that's just a kind of write-off game, really. But, yeah, that's another area where Carrick's going to have to think a little bit, I think, because how do you get House and Barlasser and Hackney into the same team? Well, the the, the kind of... And, so and, far and, and, and O'Brien back now, yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, yeah, the easiest fix is the one he's gone for, which is to move Hackney further forward. But I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm not sure you're going to consistently get the best out of Hayden Hackney by doing that. Just before we a bit more on Sunderland, let's go back while we're talking strikers to to the to the transfer deadline day, and obviously Borough didn't bring a centre forward in. Um, I, I think the fact Sunderland didn't bring a striker in is evidence, really, of how difficult the window is. Borough made clear, didn't they, their position from the start that, that they weren't going to sign anyone. They weren't going to bring someone in for the sake of bringing a body in. They wanted to get the right players. They had various targets for whatever reason. They, they didn't drop. I wrote yesterday, and it seems strange to say this, but Borough had no fit strikers. Sunderland had four, and yet Sunderland's need for a striker actually felt greater because of their four strikers only two of them had managed a single a single goal each. They didn't manage to bring someone in. Ipswich paid big money for Kiefer Moore. Hull were throwing the money about late in the window. Um, it, it felt like you either take a big financial punt or you have to accept and go with with what you've got. Is that is that is that how you, kind of your reading of the, of the situation? It is. Yeah. I mean, I think. You only have to look across the championship, don't you? I mean, like you say, how many times on this video in the last month have we spoken about Kiefer Moore? And yes, in the end he goes. But like you say, you know, the, the suggestions are Ipswich paying, what, 25 grand a week? Something like that, maybe, for Kiefer Moore? Well, you know, Borough, can't, Borough are not in the world at the moment where they can pay that kind of money for a lone striker between now and the end of the season. And that seemed to be the going rate for a relatively proven striker coming out of the Premier League. Now... You can be a little bit more creative. And, and, you know, I think, well, we know, don't we, Borough tried to do that. They, they were in talks. I think Zaruri, who obviously ended up going from Burnley to Hull, was an option. But, I mean, I'd argue even he's not an, an, out, an out number nine. He he really, for me, is kind of lumped in with the, the group of wide players that we've been talking about who can play through the middle if you needed them to. You know, I, I don't look at him and think he's an absolute nailed-on nine in the way that Kiefer Moore is. So... I think, in fairness, the players just weren't out there. And, and you saw that right through the championship. Um, and, and, and you know, Borough, as you rightly say, right from the start of the window, the messages we were getting were, we'd like to get a striker in, but we're not going to break the bank to do it. And we're not going to panic at the last minute and just bring someone in for the sake of getting a body through the door and, and spend, a, you know, an X amount on their wages between now and the end of the season, which we'll ju just have to take off whatever we can do wages-wise in the summer. So, you know, I... I think they've done the right thing because I don't see a massive pool of forwards that, that in the past, the, the argument in the past has always been, well, why on earth weren't Borough in for him? Tell me, players in this window, that you could level that at Borough this time round. I don't think they were there. I, I think on, on Ipswich with Kiefer Moore, I remember 
last year at this time, Ipswich signed Nathan Broadhead from Everton, yeah. I think it was. And there were several championship clubs in for him. Borough weren't one of them, as, as or certainly I've never been made aware that Borough were one of them. But Sunderland were, and 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 several other clubs were, and and Ipswich blew those championship clubs out the water in signing him. They've done it again with Kiefer Moore. I think the difference is, Ip, Ipswich might be looking at this now and thinking, you know what, we we might be a centre forward. This this might be our golden opportunity yeah. to win automatic promotion. We we might be a centre forward away from getting that second place. I'm not sure that is the case because Leeds and Southampton are absolutely flying now, both of them, aren't they? I think Borough, Borough are understandably and sensibly taking a bigger picture view. Now, that's that's absolutely not to say that the right in this season off. Clearly, the ambition is to get in the top six this season. Clearly, the ambition is still to go up. But even if Borough were to get in the top six, the, the playoffs this season look incredibly difficult, don't they? Whoever's going to miss out on those top two spots, a Leeds or a Southampton, plus potentially an Ipswich. Then you've got West Brom, Coventry, whoever else. You had Mark Robbins saying, I think we touched on it last week in our vids, that um, that he, he feels the championship's as strong as it's ever been. So what Borough can't do, really, we, we saw the accounts released a couple of weeks ago, is 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 risk putting themselves at, at risk for the bigger picture to force the way into the top six when... They might fall short anyway. Now, I don't mean that to sound at all defeatist. That, that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is Borough clearly have to take a bigger picture view and find that balance, don't they? And we've talked about this recently. It, it feels like for the first time in, in a few years, really, and obviously there are questions here, like Michael Carrick being one of them. If, if Borough don't go up, will Michael Carrick still be in charge this time next uh, at the start of next season? But it feels like Borough... When, wherever, wherever and whenever this season finishes, however this season finishes, the, the, the foundations are already there for next season and, and coming back stronger and building on this season's success with Latte Lath and Coburn. And if you bring in a quick fix for three months and then he goes back again, it, I, I understand, I, I completely understand Borough's position on this, stance on it. Yeah, I think... So I think there's two things I would add to that. One is, so that, you know, there is an argument that I've seen some Borough fans making that, look, you know, you've sold Spence, you've sold Tavernier, you've now sold Rodgers. You know, where's this money going? Why isn't this money being spent on players? Well, you know, I think partly you only have to look at the last accounts to see where that money's gone. That money has gone on plugging the massive gaping gap that there is between Borough's income and what they are spending on wages and running costs and um, player signings. And, and if, you know, if some of that gap wasn't being plugged, Steve Gibson is the only way to plug that gap. Well, you know, Steve Gibson is already plugging a huge gap in Borough's account. There's a limit, I would suggest, to even what he can do to, to kind of keep this club going. But then the second thing is, you probably got to judge all of this at the end of the summer transfer window. If it comes to the end of the summer transfer window and Borough's transfer activity has been minimal and they still haven't really brought in a striker, then I think at that stage, it's fair to level questions at what's going on and, and where's the recruitment at. But I think what's happened this month has definitely been done with at, at least half an eye, probably more, on what the club have planned for the summer. Because it's in the summer window where you can do much better long-term squad building. You can go for long-term targets. 
you can get players out of clubs that initially they maybe don't want to get rid of because they've then got time to make the replacements, etc., etc. All of that is so much harder in January. Um, harder in any January. And I, I think especially in this January, because as we've alluded to on previous videos, for a lot of different reasons, the market's just not been active. Premier League, FFP, Asian Cup, Africa Cup of Nations, injury lists within the Premier League, all of that comes into it. And I just don't think there's been the movement right across the championship and, and Borough have been part of that. And, and, and that, that, said, though, that said, though, I think you've got to say that in other areas of the field, they look to have done pretty well. I mean, Luke Ehrling's gone, gone in seamlessly, already looks a really valuable addition. Um, you know, it will clearly have an influence in the dressing room. Azaz, I think you're going to have to give a little bit of time to, but there's clearly a player there. Um, and, and Luke Thomas, who obviously got a little bit of a taste of it, will 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 be really valuable competition and, for Lucas Engel. And that, and, and that heart-in-the-mouth moment at the end when he turned it round for a corner and he looked... Yeah. He pulled the same face as we both did in the press in box. In the press box, I know. And Borough yeah. did have Borough did have permanent Borough did have permanent targets in the January window, permanent striker targets. So Brandon Vasquez, for example, was one. But I yeah. think he went Mon I think he went to Monterey for what was seven and a half million dollars plus plus and plus um add-ons that, that that could well amount to one, two extra million pounds in no time at all. Um yeah. Like realistic. Yeah, hi, hi, Brandon. Realistic. I know you. I know you've got a trip to Monterey plan, but it's lovely here in Middlesbrough. It's Florida <laughs> Gale. <laughs> there's, uh, there's there's flood water on all the roads, but never like, Monterey. What's that got going for it? Well, and realistically, you know, <laughs> no one's expecting Borough to throw nine million pounds, <laughs> eight nine million pounds. No, no. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Those days are, are gone, aren't they? And, and and they have to be gone, really, with it, with this model and the way Borough are working now. Um. You touched on it there then, with right at the start, with kind of Sunderland game showing really probably where, where both teams are at. I thought Carrick was probably as strong as he has been afterwards when, when he said, we've got to stop throwing points away. We've got to stop. Yeah. We've got to stop failing to win games that, that we feel we should win. And if you look since Christmas, one point out of six against Rotherham, which is still bafflingly frustrating, isn't it? Even with the power of time. Um, the Coventry game... It's no disgrace losing to Coventry. Borough went 1-0 up in that game. They'll be frustrated. They weren't able to kick on from, from that position. And then obviously the Sunderland game when um, Sunderland might feel on the balance of play on the first half chances that they, they're slight, they, they maybe merited a point. Borough dominated the second half and there was no signs of that coming. It's not hard to look, at, look back, is it, in the last couple of months and think Borough should have five, six, seven more points. Yeah, I it was frustrating in the Sunderland game in that Borough defended, I thought, really well for the for, for big parts of that game. Yes, they, they, they gave up a couple of big chances in the first half, the, the bar one being obvious. But I thought in the second half in particular, I thought Vandenberg was excellent. I mean, we, we need to talk about it. When we talk about recruitment, what a player he has got the potential to develop into. You know, somewhere down the line, He's going to be the Rogers Hackney. He's going to be leaving for big 15, money. 20 million. You can see it, can't you? Yeah, oh, I mean, he's clearly a really good footballer. The question was always, can he defend? What's he going to be like? Well, from what we've seen so far, and admittedly, so far it's fairly limited evidence of centre half, but he he looks a he looks a real player, and, and you know, there's massive excitement, I think, in terms of what he can develop into. 
I'm sorry, I'm sorry you spoke to him, just to jump in, you spoke to him afterwards, uh, and yes. I have earlier this season as well. Um, he's, he, he speaks beyond his work years as well as playing that way, doesn't he? He absolutely does, yeah. There's some, there'll be some stuff on the um, on the website and in the paper. I think Tuesday morning's a plan for it, kind of um, a bit of a, a dive into what he was saying. And um, and yeah, he, 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 um, he's, he's, he's a very assured kind of young fella, but I, and I also, he absolutely sees himself as a centre-half. Don't worry about, is he a right, he he thinks he's a centre-half, and, and I'm like I say, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a good one. Um, I thought, But I thought Ealing and Engel had really good games, and the frustration is, it wasn't, now, after they scored, Sunderland had a really good 10 minutes, and like you say, Borough had a couple of nervy moments right at the day. But for that period between Borough scoring and Sunderland scoring, didn't feel like Sunderland were getting anywhere near a goal. They weren't. They weren't building the best. They weren't make. creating anything. And you don't want to be too harsh on Tom Glover because anyone can make a mistake. And and you know he has had some good performances since he's been in the team. But you know I think I think even he would accept he's got to keep that one out. It's you know it's a it's a it's a kind of it's a really soft goal to give away. You'd have to now you know Rusin could have been marked better and could have been closed down better. I absolutely take that as well. It's not purely Glover's fault, but he's got to keep that out. And and that's the disappointment. You know, had had Jack Clark dribbled round five players and whacked one in from twenty five yards, you would hold your hands up and say, right, okay, there's nothing you can do about that. It's it's the fact you've given one away to a really soft equaliser that that kind of sticks in the throat a bit. And this thing about about giving away points, throwing away points, that not winning games that Borough should win. Why? What, what do you think the cause is? Of, is it? Is it naivety? Is it a bit? Is it a bit of inexperience? What? 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 what is it? Is it just the fact of missing chances and not taking chances when when they're on top? Is it defensive errors? What? What do you think are the main contributing factors? Or is I it? Think, I think. I so, think. I think two things. I think one, there's been some individual errors, and you know. Fairly, fairly bad ones at times. You can't necessarily uh, kind of negate that. I do think there's something in the fact, though, and I think Carrick said this in one. I can't remember whether it was me or you who was in with him. That when you when you're conceding goals late in games, when you're giving leads away, the focus is inevitably on the defence and the goalkeepers. Actually, and I think you made a good point there. If you're taking your chances and scoring at the other end, and you're two up or you're three up, then there's infinitely less pressure on your defence. The opposition don't feel like they've got a chance in the game in the way that they do when it's only 1-0. And if you do make an error and concede a goal, it gets glossed over really quickly because you win the game 3-1 and you move on. That, that for me, is a big factor in this. The Borough aren't building up two-goal, three-goal leads as they were last season. So that if you are giving away a silly goal towards the end of the game, like I say, it doesn't matter because you still win the points. And... And the, the game's done, you know. I think that Burra's inability or Burra's lack of a real clinical cutting edge pressure on the defence. There's been times this season where the defence hasn't been able to cope with that. Um, that would be my reading of it, I think, to a large degree. I'm glad you kept talking there while I was walking. I, I it's very Blair Witch Project. When you walk <laughs> like that, like I say, if you're listening on a podcast, you won't have a clue, but every now and then, Dolphin <laughs> Street goes very, very Blair Witch Project. I, um, yeah, I couldn't actually see you as I was walking around, so I was thinking, don't stop now. Don't, just give, <laughs> give two more sentences at least. Um, the, 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 just looking at the championship table and after the weekend before we wrap up, Borough are four points back now. 
um, from from Hull, but but the twelfth and there's there's clearly the the, it's the number of teams in between them and the playoff places is, is as significant as the points gap, isn't it? Um, it feels like the next few games are crucial because Borough need to start stringing some results together. Don't if, if they're going to get in, it, it feels like the wins and, and 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 the consistency needs to come soon. Yeah, I mean, interestingly, Borough, Borough are three points behind Sunderland, aren't they, with a game in hand? So if they win that game in hand, the two teams are bang level, which kind of feeds into the fact that, you know, I do feel that they're in very similar positions and very similar places, really. Um, if Borough and Sunderland both go through the next month, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, which is largely what they've been doing for most of the season, and, and you know, let's be honest, it's probably what they're going to do then there's every chance we're going to get to Easter and, and they'll be in a very similar position. Borough will be somewhere between 6th and 12th in amongst it, absolutely. Um, but by no means nailed on to get in the playoffs. Clearly, what's going to get them that kind of real leap to get right in amongst it is you've got to win two, lose one, win two, lose one. You know, you've got to be picking up six or seven points from 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 three game blocks and they haven't really been able to do that so far this season so you're right that's the challenge between now and easter maintain your current trajectory you'll stay pretty much where you are in it but but probably probably less likely to make the playoffs than actually get in them can can borough become a side that like i say takes 10 points from 12 seven points from nine rather than five from nine or six from 12. You know, that that's the difference. That's what's going to be the key factor in shooting them those four or five places up the league and actually getting them into the playoffs or getting them within a point, say, of the playoffs um, when we're around the Easter kind of period, which I always think once you get beyond that, you're, you're pretty much in the running then. And, and, and the Leicester game a week on Saturday, that that's the only game against the team currently in the top six between now and Easter. I think in yeah. that time, Borough play uh, Preston and they play Norwich. They're clearly, Bristol City as well, who I think are only three points behind Borough. They're clearly big games because the other thing is, if you are going to, because of the because of the number of teams currently between Borough and the top six, you, you need to beat those teams around you, don't you? It's the, yeah. Carrick kind of touched on this last week when he was asked about the importance of the game. He kind of said, well, you know, if you win, it gets points on the board for you, but it also prevent your rivals from from getting points on the board. It's it's a double whammy and it just feels looking at the fixtures coming up, Bristol City, Preston, then Leicester, which is clearly yeah. tough. But yeah, there, there are there are because within different. that within that within that group of teams, there will be at least one that goes on the kind of run that I've just alluded to there. Well, there's someone between now and Easter in the top half of the championship table. I you know I'm not talking about Leicester and Leeds and Southampton. I'm talking about your playoff teams, if you like. Well, Coventry have done it, haven't they, over the last yeah, couple of months? One of them will 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 string together that four or five game win and run that is a, enables them to take a massive leap. Um, and you're right, Borough can't be kind of caught on their heels because once one team starts doing that now, there's not an awful lot of games after Easter to be able to claw that kind of gap back. 
Brilliant. Well, thanks, Scott. We'll be back the back end of the week. We'll do a pod and a vid looking ahead to that Bristol City game on Saturday. Scott's at the Riverside. Then we'll obviously speak to Michael Carrick before then. Um, if you uh, are watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, then please do tap that button. If you're listening on podcasts, then rate and review. Do get in touch if there's anything you want us to discuss or talk about in the pods and the videos in the weeks ahead. We will get some special guests lined up now the window's closed and all the transfer talk is behind us. Um, but thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your week and we'll catch up again later this week. Take care.